Welcome back. You're listening to Coffee Break with Miss Debbie, also titled Spilling the Tea with Miss Debbie, and subtitled Life in the Studio and Other Funny Things That Happened to Me, The Saga Continues. Today's episode is about being vulnerable and real. It has not been an easy month of January, and I want to share a little bit with you, but I also want to encourage you that whether we're in the hills or the valleys, it's all good art. And that's what I want to touch on today, vulnerability and honesty. As I continue to attempt to put together material, bridging with my artist friends, I'll constantly be pulling um, sentences and paragraphs out of the book, Life in the Studio and Other Funny Things That Happened to Me. It's not that I think that that book is the here-all and end-all. I've written very few books, obviously, but I just want to use it as a launching pad. But also having things written down is really important. And if you have a copy of the book, you can just take a yellow highlighter, take an ink pen and um, scribble it up, basically. Just underline some of the quotes that mean a lot to you and write in the margins or add your own pages. I was just reading today in the introduction of Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead, which was a wonderful Christmas gift that my daughter got me. Brene was talking about that she provides a workbook that goes along with some of her material. The way to get from the head to the heart is through the hand. And I thought, yes and amen. That's why I write down so much and you hear so much from me about journaling. Through the hand and onto paper is a great, um, de- not a detour, but the highway to get there. So artists keeping it real and genuine without being a hot mess is a challenge. But being an artist is really a journey. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be finished for it to be art. I do have a personal philosophy that by the time it makes it out on stage, it should be something that is finished. It should be edifying. The audience should be able to relate to it without leaving the theater feeling crushed and beat up. I would say the same thing about a sermon series. If you've got a pastor that's doing a teaching and there's nothing wrong with him sharing personal examples or maybe things that have happened in his family, as long as he's not exposing his wife or his children in a way that they would feel humiliated. But if it's just something real and relatable and people in the congregation that also have children and spouses, they can just feel like whatever the pastor was saying is relatable and real for them. So there's value to that. For me as a teacher and an artist, my pulpit or my platform is the stage. It's also my writing. Because I'm used to speaking with an ink pen and with my body through dance, verbal communication is something that's somewhat new to me. I know that I'm not polished, but being an artist is willing to take risk and try new things. And so this is part of my art in this season is the trying new things and being verbal is outside my comfort zone, but it's part of my new art. An artist who's getting ready to put something on stage 
will start in the studio or in their living room at home, wherever they have their own personal sanctuary that they start their creativity. And it is fine to just mess around. If you've got a canvas and some paint, you might just start pouring that paint everywhere and it's just a royal mess. But a refined artist keeps going until they find something that's beautiful, it speaks, it's relatable, and they can bring it to a finish. Nothing wrong at all with playing and playing and kind of messing around with creativity, but that's kind of a starting point. If we're trying to create art that will touch and bless the universe, we have to have the maturity to be able to take our concepts and bring them to a finish. Whether it's speaking or poetry or whatever our personal art form is, there's nothing wrong with just doing it for yourself in your closet and having thousands of unfinished projects. But how much greater if you got some of those things finished, got them out of the garage, out of your closet, and put them on to display for the world to see. We do have a fear, and it's a genuine fear, that if we put something out that's not finished or it's not quite perfect, that we can come under criticism or we're disrespecting our own art form, insulting ourselves even, and that's completely valid, but we can't do that with all of our art. Just keep protecting it until it's completely perfect and then we're ready to present it to the world because we don't know what the world is going to interpret as perfect and helpful. I might have something that seems like a complete mess, but it has a beauty to it. And someone who's watching ends up in tears of joy because it's so relatable and it gave them something they could grab a hold of. Now what I wanna share, you can take the principles of this and apply it to whatever your art form is. But I want to speak as a choreographer because that's my art form or one of them. And that's where I feel the most alive, the most at home, where I feel like I communicate the most clear. My choreography starts in my head. Sometimes I'm by myself and sometimes I'm with my students or company members. And we start experimenting with material or concepts that are still quite abstract. Sometimes we're touching cultural things. Right now there's so much going on in our culture that we really need the artists to help us to process the pain and the frustration that people are experiencing. There are not clear answers to pretty much anything at this time. One answer is being therapeutic. Art is therapy. Art can be soothing and perhaps for us in this season, just feeling soothing would be a conclusion and it would be an answer. I might put on some beautiful music or I might just sit in the silence and start to move. Some individuals might consider that more yoga or meditation. And if that works for you, that's great. I was doing this before yoga became popular but it's just sitting and thinking similar to what I've shared before about getting your words out onto paper, just letting the uh, kind of free writing, let it flow. I would do the same with choreography. When movement comes to mind or not even to my mind, just comes to my body. Then I just start moving and experimenting with it until 
I fall into a place of repetition. There's some things I'm really liking. There's a rhythm and a soothing to it, and I just stay with it. Some of these things get written down. Some of these things get communicated to the students, and they start to learn it off of me. Sometimes it's just for the experience of doing it, and the feelings or whatever we're needing to bring to resolve, it does resolve itself in the process of moving. In this season, when I'm not allowed to have large classes, and it's not really, um, I mean, we can do performances, but it's just not the way it used to be. So I'm not going to talk about a large audience or being on a stage, but for now, we'll do what we can to fill that space of needing personal interaction. And if it's just me and five students um, in the classroom, that is fine. We will work with it. We're wanting to put together material that will eventually reach the larger audience and the greater good. So whether that's on screen or eventually in a live auditorium, I want to have material that's ready to go. As a general rule, I like happy dancing. And I've had other teacher friends that say the same thing. I suppose because we work with children so much, that's important too. And um, having professional or adult people in your company, that is a different being than working with preschoolers and children. Generally with the kids, yep, happy dancing. That's all we're going to do. If somebody's having a really hard day and they need to dance it out or talk about it or stomp your feet and show your anger, we make space for that in the classroom. I, For a personal value of mine, I wouldn't put a preschool group on stage expressing frustration, anger, and hatred. There's other ways for children to process emotions. But when I get to my company members or myself or adult dancers, that's a different human. It's a different skill set and a different emotional set. Vulnerability and just raw emotion. I'm so tired of looking at social media and seeing people just express themselves everywhere. And But I don't have disdain towards the people that are doing that. I know that people in general are frustrated. They are angry. They're listening to a lot of stuff that they probably shouldn't be listening to. And they're believing things that they shouldn't be believing. But they don't know better. So we need to have more voices out there that are bringing encouragement and hope and life and good news. So that's where hopefully my art form will come in. I want to bring good news, but I need to meet myself and meet people where they're at right now. Yes, we're frustrated. Yes, we're beside ourselves. Yes, we feel like we're in the boxing match and we're about to take the knockout punch. For me personally, you've heard me talk about the day of March the 15th when my world was turned sideways and upside down. And we have bounced back over and over again in the last 10 months. We have rearranged, we have recreated, we have reimagined. My students and dance families have been phenomenal, just so beautiful and so kind and loving, the best that they could be to support basically a business that was going down the tubes. It was no fault of ours. We had done nothing wrong. But the government and health restrictions on businesses and, you know, restaurants and everybody else is in the same boat with us. It was so stringent and so strangling that it was not sustainable. 
when we went into our second shutdown in the month of November, which pushed us right through the holiday season, which traditionally would be a big outreach time for us as a studio. That's all of our Christmas activities. But everything went on pause, everything went on hold. And then it was extended right into um, January, to January the 11th. If that wasn't bad enough, I came home on New Year's Day. I was very exhausted, but I just assumed that it was natural exhaustion of a woman who's been through a lot this year. I'm not getting any younger, and I needed to travel for a family situation. But no, it was COVID. Both my husband and I had COVID from New Year's Day right on. I've never been this tired in my life. I've never uh, laid down this long in my life, but I don't have a choice. Haven't been able to stand up or sit up really. So I missed last week's podcast and that would be the reason my brain could not hold any information and even just talking was so exhausting that I'd start to pass out again. And I know I don't have thousands and thousands of followers, people sitting on the edge of their seat going, oh my gosh, whatever happened to coffee time with Miss Debbie? But it was a discipline to myself that I had committed to release podcasts on Sunday nights. So I missed it last week. Um, This week will probably be delayed. This is probably going to be my most vulnerable podcast. Hopefully someone will find it relatable. I know I'm not the only person who has had COVID. Lots of people have. But for me, it was COVID on top of a lot of other debilitating things. And I've been holding my back strong and holding my shoulders straight and purging forward and showing up every day because I needed to. Had to do it for my kids. Had to do it for my husband. Had to do it for the business and for these beautiful students and teachers that I have was not a performance out of pride. It's a responsibility. When you decide that you're going to be a business owner, you would naturally become a leader. Um, You got to be the person, pick up your tools and bring the good news. So the good news here is I will come out of it. I will have more material for the podcast and more material for the choreography, more material to bring to the studio when I can get back together with the company girls. But there you have it. It's messy. It's vulnerable. It's not pretty. It's not completed. But I know that God makes beautiful things out of brokenness. I just did a Facebook post earlier. It was called Ravaged. And I wasn't trying to be super um, philosophical or anything like that. I actually rarely do Facebook posts like that. But I just felt God's presence. And in the middle of our pain and our disappointment and our disillusionment, there is God. And that's art. And that's what I'm going to grab a hold of. That is, um, the, I guess, the nutshell of what I want to talk about this week. But um, I needed to do that intro and let you guys know where I'm at emotionally and spiritually right now. But also letting you know that in the darkest day when you're thinking, I, I don't know, I don't have anything left. There is God. He's, he's so good. He's so kind. He's so faithful. And um, yeah, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening when you lie down, just give
so there you have it. My feeling, processing, artsy friends, just give me Jesus this week and every week. Talk to you soon.